right, welcome everybody to episode 43 of the Centre Circle podcast. Um, doing things a little bit different again this episode, doing it online. Got myself, Keith, hosting today. We've got Daz and Isaac. How you doing, boys? You right? Yeah, all good, all good. Nice, all good, good to have fantastic. you back. To be fair, I haven't been, been, a while. Haven't been on in a while. Yeah, yeah good to see your faces. Yeah, it's been a while for me as well, so it's good to be back yes. in the building. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, just before we start, just want to say <clears throat> thank you for all the likes, comments, um, subscriptions, follows, etc. Please keep it up. As you know, those are the kind of things that help us grow and get bigger. Keep sharing this content with you, so please keep it up. Today, we're just going to talk about the last round of fixtures. So, game week 20, that's just happened in the Premier League and a couple other <clears throat> off-the-field topics. So, we're going to talk about Fulham-Arsenal, Liverpool-Newcastle, Forest United, Luton-Chelsea, Villa-Burnley. Just touch on the other games that happened as well. And off-the-field, just talk about Rooney being sacked as Birmingham manager. Sancho potentially going back to Dortmund, which looks pretty close. Um... Arsenal speaking to the PGMOL about Saka's treatment on the pitch and AFCON, which is coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. So, right, let's jump into it. And the Fulham. Asia Cup as well. Pardon? And the Asia Cup as well. Yes, Asia Cup as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Fulham v Arsenal. Daz, <laughs> over to you because I'm yeah. a resident Arsenal fan, you know. You've yeah. had a lot of criticism of Arsenal of late, so... Yeah, um, over to you. Yeah, to be honest, the last couple of games, it's not a surprise to me, to be honest. It's been coming. As you know, on the whole pod, the whole year I've been saying it's not been right. And I said one or two things were going to happen. Either the performances would have to improve or the results will start catching up to performances. And that's what we're seeing now. We're just seeing the results catching up. It wasn't sustainable. We were winning games that we should have been drawing. We were drawing games that we should have been losing. And as I said, it's not been right. And now the holes are starting to appear. So, a bit, there's a lot of criticism gone on the manager. And I'm not sure it's all his fault. I think it's a combination of things. Tactics is an issue. Because there has been a distinct change in tactics between last season and this season. Of what the team looked like they're trying to do. But also... I have a little sympathy with him on personnel. I don't know whether that's down to him or whether it's down to people above him, but I feel like he doesn't have the tools to change it now. So I feel like this is going to be an ongoing problem for this season. I don't, I'm not advocate for, yeah, it's January, go and spend another 100 mil. For me, that's just, not, that's just not a possibility and it shouldn't be done even if it was. I think we are where we are now. I've just got to, got to keep going. But as I said, I said it a couple of months on the pod, I don't see Arsenal being in a title race. I feel we, we, we were looking to be coming third from what I saw performance-wise. And now I'm starting to think have we, we're going to be in more of a top four battle. I'm looking at maybe it's a top four battle this year rather than a title wow. judge. Because wow. as I say, I've not seen, I've not, for me, I've not been impressed with the team the whole season. So I can't turn around and say this is a blip. It's not. This is how the team has been performing. And we're getting away with it. And I've been saying that on the pod. Um, and the other guys were saying to me, oh, how can you say that? We're top of the league. We're top of the... And it looked bad that I'm saying, oh, I'm not happy, but we're top of the league. But 
I could tell that that was it was kind of false. It was a false position because we wasn't playing like top of the league. There's so many games this season where 90th minute, I, we're hanging on. We're talking Nottingham Forest at home, we're hanging on. Wolves at home, we're hanging on. Luton was scoring in the 94th minute. And look at the teams I'm talking about. I'm talking about teams that we were battering easy last year. So these ain't, these ain't top teams. These are teams near the bottom that we're hanging on against. So I think that it's just come to a point now where they've got to keep going. It's not all doom and gloom. We're still, we're still there or thereabouts. It's just that I feel that the team isn't where it was last season. So it's not terrible. It's not as bad. Everyone will react and say that, oh, you've lost. We've lost two games. A week ago, we were top of the league. So it can change really quickly. But at the, at the moment, there is a lot of questions to answer. How do you so, guys feel looking in from the outside? So just to pick up on what you said about like the personnel to not change things. like We, we mentioned that Arsenal's squad depth isn't that great etc just in terms of the replacement that if and when they do come in the levels kind of drop a little bit um there's been a lot of criticism leveled at rice over the last kind of week or so which i think is being blown out of proportion but i just think from the outside looking in looking at your attack the levels have just dropped you look at last year you had um all pretty much all your attackers firing on all fronts and they were kind of all hitting double figures this season I think if you take Enketia, Martinelli Saka and Jesus they've only got 16 league goals between them that's that's not good enough really is it that's poor mate that's poor no yeah I totally agree and just just to go back on your point about tactics what do you feel is different tactically between last season and this season. Obviously, you've had Rice come in, party has been set out, Jack mm. uh, has gone, so there's been a slight change in the middle. But what is, I think it what comes down right to um, this this word control. I feel like the team now is just want control of games. Like the best way to describe it is that they want the possession. They're thinking about how they can nullify a team and how to make it less transitional, rather than how we're going to win a game. Control doesn't let you win a game. So there must be something tactically different why every single player in the forward area, numbers are down. It's not like one or two are falling off. You could say that literally the whole front line is falling off. So it's interesting, like the fullbacks, they don't overlap no more. It's, it's, it's all a, a control. They just want to be in control of the football. But that doesn't win you the game. So it might just stop quickly. you losing the game because all our defensive stats are all up. They're all better than last year. But all the attacking ones are all worse. So, so it, I, just, I just feel just like the quickly. balance is not there. Go on. Um, comparing last season to this season, and if you want a bit further, a bit, a bit beyond that, what is Arte- what would you say is Arteta's style? His style is, is basically what's the ease wants to be like Man City. That's what he that's where he got his coaching education. So to him, that's what works and that's what he's seen work. That's what he's seen that win titles. So he wants us to be like to be like Man City in terms of style. That I believe that's what he wants. Okay. Because I, I, I believe that as well. I believe that he 
is trying to implement his own version of Pep for yeah. City's City ball. Totally right? agree. And I think I think he's trying to be uh, clever about it, and uh, as a way of saying, look, uh, yeah, I've come from there. Yeah, that's that's a great way of you know winning winning foot winning games and whatnot and that's a great style to implement but I'm gonna try and do it my way. So I'm gonna be clever mm. about it, you know? Um and I think it's backfiring in 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 terms of the results and the performances that you're getting. Um I believe it's gonna to be to his detriment. I can't see as long as he tries to continue down this path, I can't see Arsenal winning anything. I think you're always gonna be the nearly team, you're always going to get to the end of the road and, you know, things like last season are going to continue to happen. It's already happening this season. I think you're about to hit a, pat, a rough patch, if I'm honest. Um, I don't think that loss that's, that, we're, that we're, we're touching on, I don't think that's just a one-off. I think that's going to start to happen quite a well, bit. It's, it's two of them already. Yeah, it's back-to-back I think it's going to be, I think we might see a few more over the next yeah, few weeks. No. That's just my opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, just looking at Arsenal, I look at Declan Rice in the middle of the park and it's like, what is it that you're trying to achieve with just Rice in the middle? Now, a lot of a lot of talk I've seen is about Rice going side to side, much like Henderson was in his final season, right? Um, but when you watch them at West Ham, he was very forward moving. A lot of his passes <laughs> went through the lines. Remember well, his hands in the group? It's funny you say that because there was a stat that came out saying that he's had the most progressive passes into the final third <laughs> this season. So, mm. it's, you know what I mean? Like saying that the, the criticism leveled at Rice of late is, is really it's weird. It's unbelievable. And and I remember we was in the group and I always used to say, if you actually watch West Ham, a lot of their goals come through Rice, whether he's assisting or scoring. So, for, for the Arsenal fans to kind of start scapegoating him and saying that he's not progressive, I think it's just wild. I think what you did, where the blame needs to lie is, I know I've been vocal, I've been in this corner, but I'm starting to look at Erdogan. I'm starting to look at other players around him. You know, it's Jesus coming out and saying, goals are not my game. Well, clearly it's not because you're not in the, you're not in the right areas. You're not putting the ball in the back of the net. Erdogan in that last game was kept pulling out wide and crowding Saka's space. Pulling so if you're pulling out wide into into his space and bringing another defender every time Saka gets the ball, what's he going to have to do? He's going to have to come back inside, right? That's why I was saying in the group. I think Erdegaard would be more potent in this game. I'm not saying I wasn't speaking generally speaking, but just from what I could see in the game, I think he would have been more effective trying to break the lines through centrally because then a player like him with a, with his passing range, he could either find Saka out wide, he could find Martinelli, he could find Jesus through the middle, or whoever else it may be. Um, I just think you're starting to look a bit bereft of ideas, to be honest. Yeah, I think predictable. The, predictable is the... Is yeah, the, you're yeah. Hitting the brick wall, I, feel like, I feel like they have been found out as well. I feel that like other teams now know how Arsenal play and what they want to do, and, how, and more importantly, how to stop it. Last year, we sort of had that element of surprise. We weren't expected to be where we was. Now, teams are preparing for us. Teams are looking at the picture like, OK, we got Arsenal. Let, we, let's get our game plan right. Last season, was sort of, it was, a, was sort of an unknown quantity. No one expected us to be like that. And then, so now, it's, it's so much harder. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. Like I say, interesting to start mm. and play. I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were saying that 
only, I think we had Luton and Sheffield United have attempted more crosses than Arsenal in the league this season. And if you look at who Arsenal's forward line is, kind of mm. Enketia and Jesus, like why why are you putting so many crosses in, in the box? Because they're not the kind of people mm. that are going to win headers, are they? Yeah, nice. And this whole control game that he wants to play in the Man City style, I feel like for our team, I think it's too much of a mature way to play. This is a young team and it feels like he's kind of taken the fun and the young element out. They were sort of like playing carefree last season, sort of you playing a little bit off the cuff. Now it seems like it's just everything is so tactical. Every single move is sort of been designed and, and they need to be thinking constantly through the game. I'm going to be here, I'm going to be there. It's like they're not doing nothing off the cuff. They don't look like they're enjoying playing, like, playing this way either. So I don't know whether it's a bit too early to try and implement this into a team that's so young. Do you know what I've noticed, right? And I'm not, <laughs> it might sound wild, I'm not comparing them mm. uh, as like for like, but you, if looking at your front three, let's just say Marty, uh, Jesus and Saka, you've got the makings of what we had in terms of um, Mane, Firmino, Salah, right? Mm. You've got a, a wide right player that can cut in on his left, who's good at dribbling, who knows mm. where the goal is. Uh, you've got a, a, a front man who's very good at link-up play. Let's be honest, Firmino's strong point wasn't mm. goals. Um, he was very good at linking the play between the attackers and the midfield, yeah. dropping into the space, allowing Mane and Salah to, to exploit the space behind him. And then you've got Marty, who's a very direct dribbler, much like uh, Mane was, right? Mm. I don't understand why Jesus isn't... He doesn't become more of that link player that Firmino was and allow... Saka and Marty to be more direct and, mm. and bigger goal threats. When I look at the three of them, I, I, honestly, I see our front three in their prime, right? Or the potential to be yeah. similar to that. To that, um, And it's just, you know, the, the tools are there. It's just frustrating to see them not being utilised or what they could be, you know. So the big question for me is that the changes and everything that's going on, is it by design or is it not? See, that's one question where I can't answer. Is Has he looked at him and said, yes, I want to go this way? Or is this just what's happened because other teams are setting up better? I don't know. So it's, it'll be interesting to know whether it's by design. I guess we'll never know, right? Mm. I mean, to be honest, we'll like, you just kind of have to... I mean, Arteta's not going to come out and be like, yeah, look, this is exactly what's happening. No manager's mm. ever going to do that. They, mm. they might you know, come out and give us tidbits here and there, but no manager's ever really going to come out and say, right, this is my philosophy. This is what I'm working with. So this is what I'm doing. Um, you just have to hope that he figures it out. I, I, I don't think it's a personal problem. Like us, a lot of Arsenal fans seem to be um, aiming at. Uh, I think it's a mixture of but the tactics that he wants to employ maybe the personnel, you just don't have the right personnel. Much like when Pep arrived at City and he said, right, clearing out the deadwood in order to play a certain style of football, I need a certain style of play. I think it's mm. it's a mixture of things and I think that it's, it's not just one thing to aim your hat, put your hat on. It could be a bit of fatigue as well because if you do the parallel com comparisons with Liverpool last season, 
the reason why Liverpool were so bad last season was because a lot of the players, their performances dropped off at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was after us having a really intense season beforehand. And you could say the same has kind of happened with Arsenal. Arsenal were kind of all guns blazing up until like mm-hmm. April. Pretty much played the same team. And now it could be a case of fatigue. Because if you, as I said before, if you look at your front line, your front line has, has dropped off. From last season, you could say, right, maybe um, Saliba, um, Gabriel in defence, and I'd say Saka. I'm going to give Saka some grace because Saka's put in some really good performances this season. They're the front three, or they're, they're the three that have continued their good form from last season, where the rest, you look at Odegaard, you look at Martinelli, you're looking at Jesus, yeah. uh, Zinchenko, even Ben White to an extent, like their oh, levels. To more haven't... than an extent, more than an extent. He's been one of yeah. the main culprits, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that so mm. if if one or two players' levels drop, then mm. it doesn't have much detriment. But when you've got like five or six players around the team, then you notice it a little yeah. bit more. And I think that's what's happened with Arsenal. And you never know, second half of the season, they they might they might kick on. They might get a little bit of form back, but yeah, I don't think it just can be blamed down to like one player or the tactics. I think there's just kind of a multitude of things that have yeah. kind of gone 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 wrong. And when you're making Calvin Bassey look like Maldini, <laughs> you know something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a great game. So up next for Arsenal is Liverpool in the FA Cup. Are you what's your thoughts on the FA Cup? Put a strong team out, try and go for it or Oh, hundred percent. We're Arsenal, we Arsenal fan, we love FA Cup, innit? It's something that's been good for us. So obviously further out you don't want to get Liverpool, but at least we're at home, you wanna go for it, you wanna win. You definitely wanna win that one. Yeah, and then if you go back to the league, you've got a couple of weeks break. Yeah. The, the the winter break that we that we have over here now. Um you have Crystal Palace at home. Yeah. Must win? Oh, 100%. Has to do Palace at home. Has to be a win. Has to be a win. It'll be interesting to see what teams he goes with, really, in both those games. Yeah, I'm I'm quite intrigued. We'll make a couple changes, I'm expecting, against Liverpool. Yeah, but I think with both teams, we've got the luxury of having two weeks off after the game, isn't it? So you could essentially go full strength a week after playing your last Premier League game and then knowing that you've got a two-week break coming up. So. I, I <laughs> don't think Liverpool has that luxury, to be honest. With the loss of uh, Mo Salah uh, to the, and, and Endo to the AFCON and the Asian Cup, I don't think we can completely put out a strong squad and risk an injury. Yes, it's two weeks, um, a two-week rest afterwards, but you could potentially get an injury that's longer than two weeks to one of the front line and then, you know, we come back two weeks later and we're down not only Salah and Endo, but we're down someone who's someone who's injured. I, I yep. hear you though. I, I do don't get me wrong, I do hear you. Um it, I I believe we should put out as strong a squad as possible. But I do think there will be some caution around the fact that we don't have uh our talisman up front and probably one of our best players over the last few weeks, Otaru Endo. Yeah. Well, I thought you guys had the semi-final the in the week. I think you had two weeks back. You got the, the Carabao Cup Oh, yeah, we, so, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah we got two weeks back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah, we haven't even got a break. Yeah, yeah. So we don't even get the choice. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, continuing with Liverpool. um, The frantic game (laughs) that happened on on Monday kicked off the Mm. Premier League in the new year in style. Isaac, what are you saying? Listen, (laughs) mate, we are firing on I wouldn't I'm not gonna say all cylinders just yet, but we're in we're in good spirits. Um it's a shame well I'm not, I'm not I don't t- let me take that back. It's not a shame that we're losing them. I understand why we're losing them. They're going to represent their countries in their respective um national tournaments. But um I will just say, you know, we've we've hit a good patch at the moment um <clears throat> where all our players seem to be finding good form. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame. It, it's a shame. It, it would have been good to have Salah and Endo uh, for the Arsenal game, for the, the Carabao semi-final, and then any other games we've got in until they, they get back. Um, in terms of the game itself, boy, we I want to say... We slapped their heads. We absolutely you know what? slapped yeah. their heads, bro. <laughs> I want to I wanna come in and wax lyrical and be like, yeah, look, we was... We was this, we was that, but a part of me is like Newcastle are just a show at the moment. They are just a show. I can't take complete uh, pride in that performance and be no, like. I, yeah, I'm going to slightly them. disagree because I, granted, they scored two goals. Their first goal was really good, like the equaliser, really, really good goal. But I think aside from that, like they offered nothing, and I think that was down to us more than them. Like, I know Gordon, Gordon looked like dead on his feet, like from minute one, to be mm-hmm. honest, even though he set up um, Isak's goal. But yeah, I just think we, we nullified them in all areas of the pitch and everyone was just on form. Like, I've been a bit of a critic of, of Luis Diaz over the last few weeks and I think that his best game for us in maybe like a year or so. Like, he... That's my guy. Even when he got subbed off, I was like, don't take him off. <laughs> like, we, like, he's, he's having guy. a field day. But yeah, everyone just kind of seemed on job. And again, another one who I've been a bit critical of, Joe Gomez, since he's come in and done a job at left back, like done really well against Arsenal. Again, last you know um, what? Yeah. on Monday, like he, he just looks comfy, like back to his best. I I don't understand. I don't get me wrong, Joe Gomez. He's not a he's not he's not world class, but he's consistent in terms of his reliability. Right, you can mm. rely on him to come in and do a whether it's a decent or a good job. He's going to come in. He's going to give you what he can. Right, and you're right. We've needed him at left back. He's come in and he's deputised very well. Um, sometimes I think the the criticism of him it can be a bit harsh. Um, but I understand maybe that's because a lot of people may have a higher standards for him. And sometimes he doesn't hit those eight, nine performances. But he's not going to come in and have a stinker. I don't, I can't remember the last time he had a really Brighton, bad game. Yeah. Brighton last season. He had a, he had a, he had yeah. a couple last season. I'm not right, gonna lie. I mean, but, you, but yeah. you've also got to remember, he's not, he doesn't, he's not been given a, a good run of games. Yeah. Remember what's, the last his time he's what's his position? Remember the what's last his time? number one position? Centre-back. So he's a, he's a centre back. Yeah. Yeah. But I never see him at centre back. You never get to see him at centre back, really. Whenever I see he, him in the he team, does. he's always right back. But if you remember back to when Gomez and Van Dijk were untouchable, mm. 
Right. It's ever since then, because I know we got injured, and then it's, he's never held down a regular place in the yeah. in the in the team because yeah, we've had Matip played well, we've and then Kanate coming, who's who's, so, who's a bit of a monster. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like I mean, he he strikes me as a player that needs a run of games to get back on his feet, and then once he's in, once he's there. He's he's reliable. I find I think he's a reliable player. I, I like him. I really do. I yeah, on his day, he, he's really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to the game. Um, Darwin had a couple chances before. Oh, Liverpool took the took the lead, and obviously we had a, a goal disallowed because he was kind of marginally offside. Um, yeah, so. Even for the for the first goal, Darwin, I, I tweeted that the confidence of, of him, I think he could sell it because no matter what he does, even if he misses the chances that everyone thinks he should score, he continu- he continues to get in the same positions and and offer something like, you know, you can see a player's vis- head visibly drop during a game. Mm-hmm. Not once have I ever seen that with Darwin. No matter how bad we think he's playing or the media think he's playing in a game, he will always run and give you that consistency and kind of be where he needs to be. So for that, I rate him. We've spoken about his his kind of big chances missed, etc. Something he's got to work on, like we know. But then, like you say, for the first goal, he gets into a good position for Mo to pass it across, sets it up one like 1-0. One and I think if you have that kind of confidence to keep getting in those positions, you're going to be of a, a benefit to the team. Um, and then, yeah, Newcastle equalised, really good goal. Slightly at odds with Van Dijk for how far he dropped off for that, but fair enough. And then, yeah, we created another good goal for via um, Curtis Jones. Gakpo, they get another goal back. And then the, the, the penalty incident, which for me, I think there's been a lot, well, far too much discussion and discourse about it. Like he got clipped. Whether no matter how late he goes down, nah, it's a penalty man. in my eyes. No nah, man, no nah, man. That's that's a what's your, what's your, that's your disagreement a, there? That's a that's a that's a an integrity thing for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. You've been clipped. Yes, cool. We've seen the we've seen the footage. We've seen the pictures. Yes, all right. He got clipped, but bro, he was through on goal. He's through on goal. It's like get the ball. Cut back, either put it in the back of the net yourself or part make the pass. You're through on goal. He didn't need to go like he did not need to go down. That's a, but if he my, wasn't confident friend, of of scoring because they had two players running back onto the line, if you're not confident of scoring, why not just go down and get the penalty? Like you were clipped, you're gonna get the penalty. Better chance I, I, of scoring. Don't get me wrong, I understand that, and I I I I, I understand it. I respect it in that in that aspect, but from an integrity point. Something in me just doesn't feel right about rounding the keeper. You're through on goal, and then and then taking the dive. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's like imagine Ronaldo it against Lazio, nineteen ninety seven. UEFA Cup. It was a dive, man. Imagine he's ran. He, you know what he does? The the jinky majinky goes past the keeper. <laughs> I imagine him then diving because he's felt a little nick on his ankle. Like, no, man. But the thing you I can't could, dive if but, you've been clipped. If you've been clipped, but I think you get that's, no, where, that's where we are at the game now. Yeah. He's not the only player that would have done that. That's where we are with the game. It's, 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 it is it's slightly It's one of those things where even looking at it, I'm like, well, there's nothing nothing I can really say. Like, he's 
he's gone down and won the penalty to make sure he gets the goal rather than risking it, as Keith says, if he might he might not have scored. No, and I get that. Mm. Again, I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not saying I'll remove the goal. I'll take the goal all day. I'll take the point. Mm. <laughs> but, at the, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah. there's something in me that just doesn't. It doesn't sit right with me. That's all. Yeah. No, I I understand where the discourse is coming from, but yeah, you take can it. We, can we have a word on Newcastle because they are conceding goals left, right, and centre at the moment. They really notice really got dropped. Well, no, oh, that. I thought he was injured. Was he? Was he not injured? Oh, were they saying it's injury. Yeah, after the last, after the last three, four games, uh, you might, you better say it's injury. <laughs> Save some. Yeah, it's no, injury. It's injury. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up to training. Oh, I felt a little tweak in my hamstring. Whatever. Yeah. So if we look at their last yeah. few fixtures, obviously they lost four-two on. On Monday, if you're letting Chris Wood get a hat trick against you, then you got problems. If, if, yeah. if Chris Wood's bagging a hat trick, uh, yeah. that's madness. A good, a good hat trick as well. They, yeah. so they lost three one to Forest. They lost one nil to Luton. They drew with Chelsea in the. I cup think they lost that penalties as well, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the Shocking. last game they won was on the 16th of of December against Fulham. But that's like one win. In, in the month of December. But even that, they lost the three before yeah. that, didn't they? Because I think yeah. they lost to Milan, Tottenham, and Everton, and they were big. They were like threes yeah. and fours that they were letting in there as well. They really fallen off. What yeah. we said about so, Eddie Howe, do you reckon he's under pressure? No, I said on the last pod to John, I don't, I don't think he is yet, because just for me, no. I think they're at where, they, where they're meant to be. Last season was a bit of a freak season in terms of teams around them not playing as well they all their players were playing on nine tens most weeks i think they exceeded expectations i think now they're kind of where they where they should be to be honest what, so, ninth ninth in the league that's where they should be but if you think about their their progression like eddie howe came in what two years ago this month i think it was mm-hmm. and they were near the near the relegation zone so they they that season they finished kind of mid table or wherever they finished, and then last season was just a total anomaly. Like they shouldn't have finished where they finished. Yeah, I just think they're where they where they should be. To be honest, with the players that they've got and the manager that they've got, like they've got no world beaters in their team. Like on his day, Kieran Trippier is really good. Isak's really good, and Gordon. Um, and then you'll get put on his day, Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. Bruno Bruno might get look at the money they've been spending. These but, are big players coming for big money. Isak was sixty mil. Yeah, but I'm saying that, but they're like the main four players. Outside of that, you still got your Dan Burns, you still got your Longstaffs, you still got your your Willocks. Like, yeah, the, the the squad is playing well, but they're not blessed with world beaters to to say right. They should be challenging with Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and those teams. In my eyes, anyway. I mean, I you could, you could compare their squads to Aston Villa, but Aston Villa are well, a better manager. West Ham, West Ham above them. Tottenham. <clears throat> They've got a good squad as those teams. So this is, so for me, um, Eddie Howe's come in, he's done a good job. It's been, it was, you know, uphill. They've, like we said in uh, many times before, we think they're ahead of plan and now they've hit a, purple, a rough patch, right? 
And it's a case of now we're really going to see if Eddie Howe's the manager that the initial, what, two seasons beforehand have made everyone believe he is, right? Yeah. You, know, you really be, they, they, you really find out if you're a manager in the tough times. So I think he's not under any pressure just yet, but we're, we're really going to see how good he is over the next month or two. I think yeah, he'll be under 100%. pressure definitely by the end of the season. I think that Eddie Howe will be Newcastle's club when Abramovich came in. Man City's Mark Hughes when them guys came in. Oh, yeah, but I, 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 think, yeah. I think he was that anyway. I just think he exceeded expectations. I don't think they planned for him to be manager this long, if I'm truly honest. Mm. I think mm. in the case of him coming, steady the ship. Yeah. And then last season, I don't think they expected to get to Champions League. I think if they had finished maybe like between 10th and 5th, it would have been justifiable to say like, right, you've steadied the ship for us. Mm. We want to get a manager in to kind of take us to another level. Okay. Because he'd done so well, there was no way they could have been like, oh, we, we need to get rid of him. Like, so, And I think this could be the, the season now where they're like, right, you took us to a certain plane. You can't really maintain it. Now we want to try and get someone in. So if they continue as they are to the end of the season, I think it'd be justifiable to say, right. But that's what they... He, he steadied the ship, in it? Like, yeah. they've got the Champions League football. I think, yeah, I think it's okay. Ooh. Right, yo, so yeah, moving on to... Um, I can't even say this is like a surprise anymore. Man, uh, Man United defeat to Nottingham Forest. So, despite Matt Turner's efforts to get Man United a result out of this game, um, Nottingham Forest won the game 2-1. So, we've spoken on this pod about Manchester United's inconsistency. And they've gone into this game after having a superb comeback against Aston Villa, really, where they were 2-0 down at half-time. They've managed to win the game 3-2 in what, we said in our group chat was arguably their best 45 minutes of the season. Like, I don't think they've played that well. Like, yeah, I can't remember them playing that well at all. And it was a case of, right, can they now kick on and take that 45-minute performance and package it up into a 90-minute display? And no, not, the answer's no. Like, Nottingham Forest were the, the better team. And Man United, again, just looked flat and abject. Like, did you guys catch the game? What did you think of it? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Man United. Uh, <laughs> I'm Man United at this point. I was I was shocked uh, to hear that. Obviously, Hoyland had picked up an injury after scoring a goal. I think that was very um, detrimental to their chances. Uh, you'd want your striker who's just scored. You want him to carry that momentum into the next game. Um, yeah. I think that didn't help Rashford. We know his, his what his stock is like as a central striker. It's not great. Um, you, he's then flanked by Anthony, who just can't seem to find any kind of decent form. And Garnacho, who is actually probably their most, you know, potent-looking attacker in terms of get, getting forward and trying to create something and trying to do something and actually, you know, put the ball in the net. Um, the midfield itself, uh, it's the whole. Do you know what the whole team just looks poor? 
that's the best way I can describe it. The whole team just looks poor. And not in them off the back of that win against Newcastle, Chris Wood getting that hat-trick, Alanga with a point to prove. You knew they were going to come in and, and be on 10. It was just a case of, can Man United match it? And I didn't think they would. So, yeah, like you said, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I, I think yeah. Ten Hag is under pressure. And if he isn't, I'm, I'm shocked that he isn't. But he definitely should be under pressure. Yeah, and on um, on Nuno, this was his, his third game. So the the first game that he had was when they um, who they play was it Sheffield United? No, bear with me. I will say though, what, what, just while you're checking that, Nuno looks the better fit in for for Nottingham Forest and the personnel that they have than. Steve Cooper did. I think if you watched any any of Steve Cooper's games, he had this element about him of trying to be much like what Vincent Company's doing with Burnley, trying to play like a more technical style of ball rather than trying to play a style of ball that's going to keep you in the prem, but also keep you away from the the relegations on. You don't want to be in and around tussling with the relegations on, not with the amount of money you've spent or the kind of players you've brought in. Um, and I think yeah, definitely. if you look at Nuno and his time at Wolves, not so much Tottenham, but his time at Wolves and what he was able to do with that team and how kind of stable he was able to make them, um, I think that's what you want, right? So he's got a proven track record and it's clearly working at the moment. So yeah, I think he's so going to yeah, be a good like... fit for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, that first game was against Bournemouth when Willy Bolly was harshly sent off early on in the game. Mm. And they, they were in the game, like, even with the 10 men, like, they went 1-0 up in that game. And then you go to their second game, they essentially dominated uh, Newcastle at St. James's Park. Mm. And then again, played Man United at home. The much better team. So I know they kind of speak of the new manager bounce, but he's he started his tenure really, really well at, at Nottingham. Not on Forest. Um, it's interesting just in terms of you're talking about Man United's midfield there, Isaac. So in the match, nil nil at half time, they took off Menu um, at half time for McTominay, which I thought was weird at the time. I thought he was injured, but Ten Hag said it was a, a tactical switch, and I just think that made them more exposed in the middle of the park once <laughs> once he came on, which is an indictment of how good Maino has been for Man United. Maybe if the rest of the players around him were playing better, then he, there might not be so much spotlight on him and his performances. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. Um, and also, it's interesting, the goal they conceded, the first goal, Dominguez, was essentially a winger getting to the byline and cutting it back for someone to run in the squad. And I saw a clip on twi- on Twitter that Man United have conceded so many of those goals this season. I think there was like five or six examples where that has happened. So they're kind of getting overrun in midfield, like their midfield's not tracking back when people are making runs into the box. Um, the equaliser, Matt Turner error. We know he's not good with his feet. He's not that great with his hands, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought it was going to be like really... Harsh if Man United got a point out of that game. Can I God, just you... shoot him a little bit of bail on that one? A little. Can try. Bit. <laughs> try. Let me try. Right, because 
I don't think the pass was a bad idea. I just oh think, no, it wasn't. But the execution, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think that's why I'm trying to shoot him some bell. I don't think the pass was a bad idea. I just think he was a bit. If he was a little more switched on, he'd have seen Garnacho trying to steal the pass, trying to steal the Ooh. yards on him to get the pass. Maybe a little dummy to fake him. Maybe maybe just open up your body and just clip it. Do you know what I mean? But I I, I get you. Don't get me wrong. Matt's made Matt Turner's made a couple of shocking mistakes over the over during this time yeah. at Nottingham. Oh, wow. Even um, I would say that the ball back to himself. Did you see that? When, when he miskicked it and it spun in the air and he caught it himself. It's like that's a new one, isn't it? Like oh, you're gonna get away with it. Get away with it. And then um a gentleman that we've kind of spoken about on this pod quite a few times, Morgan Gibbs White pops up with a winner. Really good finish. Good player. So, thank you. I think yeah, player. yeah, really good player. Good like, player. Yeah, a lot of anyone... people don't think he is. No, yeah, I've, no. I've, I've I've had a few discussions with people telling me he's not good enough. And the thing is, as well, is he had that he had a, he fell out with Nuno, didn't he, at Wolves, and Nuno sold him. So yeah. was, when he came to Inter Milan Project, there was a little thing of how are they gonna re, how's he gonna react, how they be able to get on. But it seems like it started really well. So that was just a little that. Yeah, 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 that them two that Nuno's gonna have to respect him now, isn't he? Mm. Cause yeah. It, oh yeah, because he's, he's come imagine, on loads. Yeah, exactly. And I imagine the the the, the spout at uh, the Wolves would have been about game time, right? Because he was yeah. obviously on the fringe trying to get young. the third team. Yeah, yeah. Young, and then he went on loan to him out. And he's now he's he's a first team regular. So you're coming into my space now. Yeah, you're the gaffer, but I'm already established. So you mm. can't treat me how you've treated me at Wolves. It's a new yeah. it's a new dawn, as they say. So yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it'd be a much better or different dynamic. Yeah, but so yeah, do you think that? Um, go on. Go on. No, I was just going to say, it has surprised me how, how well Nuno started. When I saw that appointment, I wasn't expecting too much from it, but all props to him, they started really well. Yeah, well, I think this is kind of his level, isn't it? Like, I was yeah, more surprised he got the Tottenham job than he than getting this job. Like, I think the jump from Wolves to Tottenham and what the kind of Tottenham environment, mm. I didn't really see it kind of, yeah, working out for him, which obviously it didn't. Like, he was only there like three or four months, if that. I think this is more settled now. So I know Forrester kind of near the relegation zone. Do you think they're going to be safe? Do you think there's three worse teams than them, essentially? Yeah. There is definitely three mm. worse teams than them. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I cannot see them getting relegated this season. Cool. And then just to finish on um, Man United, are we just saying this is going to be their season now? Get a good win, or not even get a good win. Get a win, whichever way they do it. Usually, this season it's just been a bit, just kind of stumbling over the line, and then lose maybe the next game, etc. Just up and down to the end of the season. Exactly that. It's like one step forward, two steps back. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I can see that pretty much happening, and it'll be interesting mm. to see with Sir Jim now. Kind of taken over the football inside, like what his what his assessment is of things. Um, I said in the last pod, I think that you can they'll give him to the end of the season, regardless, and then make a decision then because he only signed a three year contract, so he'll only have one year left at the end of the end of the season. Might be cheaper to get rid of him then. So 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Ten Hag with that. Uh, next fixture we're going to talk about is Luton and Chelsea. Entertaining game this one was. And the boy, Cold Palmer, as they're now <laughs> nicknaming him. Is that the name? Showing, yeah? yeah, Cold Palmer. You don't see the celebration where he's... He, he, oh, he's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird that he's come in from being on the fringes of Manchester City for the last kind of two years, getting little runs out here and there, to coming into Chelsea and essentially being the main man. Like, it gets a case of too much talent at Man City ahead of him for him to to make his mark. It really surprised me because at City, I didn't see this. A lot of people were saying he's a good player. I saw little bits. Maybe yeah, when he went to... Maybe in the under-21s tournament, that's the first time I thought, okay, he's got a bit more to his game than what I thought. But yeah, he's been he's been a revelation at Chelsea, to be fair. Like, you've, got, you've got to hand it to him. He's, he's done really well. Yeah, what about you, Isaac? Oh, shame. Look at that. Old school rookie mistake. <laughs> um, too much talent ahead of him, to be honest. Way too much talent ahead of him at City. And, and Pep's always made it clear, look, Regardless of how good you are, if there's a player that I feel is more suited to the role I need, he's going to go out and get them. So um, I think what with Cole, what I what I did find interesting was, like you said, that he was in and around the team, but he was in and around the team for a long time. Mm. He wasn't just one of those players that was just he had a, maybe one or two good performances in the under in the under twenty ones, and the, they brought him in for a game or two, and then he's gone back down. You never hear of them again. He's he was in and around the first team for a good season and a half, playing in the yeah. cup, playing in uh, you know Ooh. small minutes here and there. So I think for me that that let me know okay they, he must be a decent player if if Ooh. Pep's got him around the first team that much. Um, and yeah, sometimes you just it's just the timing's just unfortunate. You know you're in a setup where there's just better players in front of you. And it don't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. So unless you're going to put in Leo Messi level performances, you're not getting in ahead of them. But it's worked out for him. It's definitely worked out for him. Yeah, definitely. Like he's got into the England squad in the season leading up to the European Championships. Um, so he might be in and around the discussions then. Um, so yeah, really good move for him. And I think it was only a, a £40 million signing, wasn't it? Like it wasn't. It wasn't a lot of money, I was saying 40 million, but that's just kind of the new norm at the minute, isn't it? So, yeah, it's going back to the game. Luton played really well, and I'd say most of Chelsea's goals came against the run of play. And Luton have done, I wouldn't say they've done really well, but their performances have been really good against the bigger teams, especially at home. Like, the last 10 or 15 minutes of this game, they could have easily scored um, three goals to get the, the equaliser. Um, we mentioned that against Liverpool, they put in a really good performance. Against Arsenal, the same. Tottenham. So they are they are really City good. City as well. City as well. Yes, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and City. So they're they're putting in the the performances at home against the the big teams. It's just whether they can take that and turn those performances into points, essentially getting a, a draw here or nicking a win there like they did against Newcastle a few, a few weeks ago. 
Um, it, does this say more about kind of Chelsea's inconsistency as well? I know they got the result, but they were essentially dominated by Luton. Is this just again how Chelsea are going to be for the for the season? A bit inconsistent until the season's over. Uh, I'd, I, we can't keep hanging our hat on the fact that they've they're a big squad and they're still trying to gel, right? I mean, we're halfway through the season, pretty much. Um, they should have found form and rhythm. They've got players with a lot of international experience, um, a lot of high-level football experience. So by now, they should be in, you know, like I said, they should be in rhythm. They shouldn't be struggling against Luton. Uh, I don't care how, you know, how well Luton played. The team like Chelsea um, shouldn't be struggling against Luton. That's that's just my opinion. So I think that we need to start looking at Mauricio at some point. No, no, I get it. Did you see um, the camera panning on Thiago Silva at the end of the game? And he was just in utter, utter disbelief at like what he what he'd been part of. And I've more probably for the last kind of ten fifteen minutes where there was just an onslaught. And I think he thought three nil up. They should have been like dead and buried, Luton. But it's also interesting since then he, his comments about the the Premier League. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. So, no, what did he say? No, what did he say? He he said that when he was younger, he never saw himself playing in the Premier League just because of the style of football that was played in the Premier League. But he said when he saw Pep come over, and he said he said Pep has kind of changed how the Premier League is played. That's why he essentially joined Chelsea. Um, I think that's a bit kind of disingenuous because I think no, if you look at the yeah if you look at the style of football that's played in the Premier League right, right he's been around for a long time in it like he, he's 38 mm. so <laughs> he was around when like Serie A was top of the top of the shops and mm. etc but he played in like he played for PSG for however many years like the level in, in league uh, is not great so uh, yeah it's interesting that he said that Pep was the reason why he joined the the Premier League but, um, yeah, interesting. Mm, that is interesting. But I wouldn't say that, though, because I was, there's only a couple of teams that play how Pep plays. Most, the majority of the Premier League don't play how Pep plays. Yeah, Chelsea certainly don't. I think mm. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Um, but, yeah, we said if, if any of the three promoted teams that came up would survive, are we saying it's Luton, just on the style of play? Yeah, you don't want to say it, Isaac, but you want to say it, don't you? Go on. Yeah, of course it's Luton. <laughs> just say it, man. Just say it. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm sorry, I can't do <laughs> so, it. So you think, that, you think I'm Burnley still, or Sheffield yeah, United? I'm, I'm still in the Burnley camp. They're awful. I'm still in the Burnley camp. Yeah, I'm, I just I'm, think, I'm, I, I, think Vincent, I think once Vincent Company um, puts his ego aside and says, right, look, this this style of play is not working. We need to be a bit more pragmatic. Then I think they will find a, you know a few more points here and there, and uh, it, things will change. Fair enough. Fair definitely Luton. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Daz. I think yeah, of the of the teams that have come up, I think Luton are playing the the better football. And I think if day, we were but... talking about Luton not getting past derbies and forward, look at them now. Yeah. He passed it halfway through. 
Yeah, they're on 15 points. Yeah. Yeah. So, with a game in hand just, on the teams around them. How bad that sounds. Look at there, they're on 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Right, moving on to another one of the kind of title challenges, we can say that. Aston Villa, they were made to work against Burnley. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the penalty incident. Daz, did you see it? Daz, what do you make of it as our resident ex? No, I didn't see this. Um, did that miss Luis? I didn't see. So he, he mm. scored the penalty, but I think who was tripped? Let me find out. Just having a quick score. Wait, I think I did see this from. And it wasn't a penalty. It definitely wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Mm. I'm just trying to find out who, who it was tripped. Um, but yeah, from the camera, the camera angles that I saw, it yeah, it it didn't look like a, a penalty at all, and I can understand why the um, the Burnley kind of contingent were so aggrieved. So yeah, it was John Duran who went down. Yeah, I can't recall. Um, I, I can't recall it, but yeah, but I remember when I did see it, I didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I just think I think Aston Villa were, were lucky. Like this was one of Burnley's better performances. Obviously, they had a man sent off in the fifty-six minutes. Sunderberg got sent off, so they were kind of under the cosh anyway. But then, when you're kind of getting these decisions going against you, it's it's hard. Isn't it? Like the Premier League's hard enough as it is, and when then when these things happen, it's like there's not much you can you can do. You just got kind of got to take it on the chin, haven't you? Yeah, you have to. You have to. These, those are the breaks. I mean, it's part of uh, it's part and parcel of of surviving the Premier League, isn't it? I mean, the 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 you, the jam's gonna roll for you, whether uh, <laughs> when it's your luck. When your luck's in, the jam's gonna mm. roll, and and you're gonna get all the jam, and you're gonna get the decisions that go in your favour and you you rack up the points. But when it's it's not and your team's like Burnley, it always seems to be teams like Burnley and, and teams that are in the relegation fight isn't it? that seem to get the poor decisions. But, I mean, you know, if you want to be in the league, you've got to survive. You've got to work against these things. Yeah. You've got to find a way. To be fair, it always evens itself up over the, over the season, doesn't it? You say this, I think that's one of those cliches that doesn't joking, necessarily, <laughs> doesn't necessarily come through, that. but yeah, <laughs> let's see what happens. Mm. So yeah, anyway, Villa are, are, are still in the in the mix, like they're, they're second in the league, three points behind. Do anyone, all... Does anyone see them as serious title contenders though, even though they are, they are up there? Um, I don't personally, but I think they'll have mm. a say, a, a potential say in what what happens, whether just kind of taking points off teams around them, etc. Like Liverpool have got to go to Villa at some uh, at the back end of the season. Um I think they've got to play City again. So it won't be yeah, it won't be an easy place to go to and they're not gonna give up many points like as they as they've shown. Like yeah, fair play yeah. fair play to them. Like I, I think don't, I don't think so no, I can say I think it'll be between them and Maybe Spurs for top four. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think they're title challengers just yet. I think they're maybe one or two key players away from that. Um, but yeah, I agree with Keith. They're probably at, at, at best top four. 
Yeah, which yeah, really, it was really I, telling I for me last week when they had the chance to go top of the league and they drew at home with Sheffield United. Then the next game went two 0 up against Man United and then lost to Man United. So I thought, nah, they can't be, they can't be the title, the title. If you do that, Sheffield home and losing from two 0 up. Yeah, it's about the experience, yeah. isn't it? Like a lot of teams, it's tough, man. It's all well and good being there, but when the pressure gets to you, it gets to you. Right, let's just recap some of the other results that happened. Um, so Tottenham beat Bournemouth 3-1. Um, it's a shame that this game wasn't on live. They put it on the same time as Arsenal-Fulham. Um, but by all accounts, um, it wasn't a 3-1 game. Bournemouth were meant to be um, in the match quite a bit. But Spurs um, got the win. Uh, Crystal Palace beat Brentford 3-1. Brentford are in a bit of trouble, I'd say. Definitely in the relegation mix. Um, Wissart is now injured. Um, Bremo's injured. Obviously, they've got Ivan Tony coming back. But it just seems like now he's back. All their firepower is going to be um, on his shoulders, essentially. So, yeah, I think Brentford... Need to look after, look over their shoulders a little bit. Uh, Manchester City back from winning the what's it called World, World Cup, Cup. one two nil against Sheffield United. By all accounts, it was a pretty straightforward, straightforward victory. Just want to see if KDB came off the bench at all. Uh, nope, didn't come off the bench, so didn't need him. So, fair enough on that one. And then, oh, yeah, this I was a bit surprised by this. Wolves beat Everton 3-0. And it was <laughs> it was quite comfy. So, yeah, Everton after... Why are you surprised? Because Everton had been in quite a, quite a, quite a good form. Yeah, but they're not in good enough form where to, to suggest that uh, they're, they're on a run. They've just been picking up points here and there. They've not played out of their skins. I'm not surprised. I, 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 I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really see the surprise in that one. No, it was on a good run. The run ended a while ago. I don't think. I don't think Everton have won in their last four or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think exactly. it was the beginning of December when they won about three, three or three or four in a row. But then after that, they lost about three games. So their sort of good run has sort of ended. I think they lost to they lost to City, they lost to Tottenham, and I think they lost a cup game as well before the Wolves won. But yeah, yeah Wolves, they were, Wolves, Wolves a good side. Yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Um, and then just finally happened on Tuesday: West Ham nil, Brighton nil, and that was very very uneventful. Nothing much to to talk about there. So yeah, get heading into the winter break. So you've got. Liverpool top with 45 points, Heather Villa going 42, as I just mentioned. And then you've got Man City and Arsenal on 40 points each, with Manchester City obviously having a, a game in hand. And then at the bottom, we've got Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton. So halfway through the season, are we essentially saying Liverpool, Man City or Arsenal for the title race or kind of as alluded to by Daz earlier, are you, are you taking Arsenal out of the equation to this one? And it yeah, could be uh, City. I think it's a two-horse race, mate, to be honest. I think, I think it's too early to say Arsenal are definitely out. 
but I'm leaning towards the tools race. But yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't complete. I wouldn't rule last night completely at this point, especially there's a way to potential of we've not spoken about January windows and stuff like that and injuries and stuff. So I wouldn't completely write Arsenal off, not just yet. Do you think and Arsenal to be are going to spend? Sorry. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Why not? So, like, I've seen a few Vlahovic rumours. You need the strategy. I think that's realistic. I think the only one that's possible will be with Tony, but I hope they don't do it. I'm looking Why at his position, I think Brenton probably... Yeah, they'll be mad to get rid of him now. Want to entertain. Yeah, I hear that. Mm. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. If you could talk Yeah, no, I was just going to say, to be fair, you know, I, I know I talk very flippantly in this. <laughs> yeah, it's a two-horse race. But, I mean, uh, you know, we've got AFCON and the Asian Cup. The only team that's really not affected by that is Man City. Um, and, yeah, like, we've got the January window. So, I'll, I, I, I am saying two-horse race because that's my gut feeling. But my head is saying... Yeah, wait till wait till the end of January, and then we'll see. Fair enough. Right, just going to touch on a few topics that have happened off the off the field over the last kind of few days. Uh, so the first one is uh, Wayne Rooney being sacked by Birmingham. Can't say I'm surprised that this has happened. I was a bit surprised that he was appointed in the first place. Um, John Eustace was the manager beforehand, he had them sitting sixth in the league after a really good start to the season. Um, we know that there was some American investment in Birmingham just before um, John Eustace's sacking took place. And Isaac, you and I discussed in the in our chat that we think the Rooney appointment was a fashionable appointment rather than a footballing one. Yeah, and a few... commercial move. Oh yep. yeah, hundred percent. But obviously, you've got yeah. Tom Brady as the face of um, Burnham the investment New investment consortia. Yeah, and I think they wanted to kind of go down that kind of shiny route, and that that's not necessarily how how it works. Like we've seen it before. Like Derby got in, Lampard. Granted, they got to a playoff final, um, but having that kind of marquee player coming as a manager doesn't always always work and the reason why I was quite surprised that this signing was because I know he had really kind of his hands tied at Derby but he didn't really play great football at Derby his record at DC United was terrible <laughs> to say the least so yeah it's, it's a bit surprising and I think the owners didn't really you could say they don't really understand football to make that decision, and it kind of come back and bit them on the on the bum a little bit, hasn't it? Is it a case of they don't understand, or there was no one pushing with enough pushback? It's new investment, new owners. It's Tom Brady. Everyone, you know, he's such a big star in America. That he's come over Birmingham. Uh, you know, the 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 higher ups are just happy to have the investment. Yeah, whatever. Uh, maybe. Uh, do you think it's a good idea? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's Wayne Rooney. Yeah, the fans will love it. The players, because of who he is, like you like you said, the fashionable signing. The players, it will g the players up. You know, who wouldn't want to play for Wayne Rooney? I think it's just been a case of a lot of yeses, and no one's put, provided any pushback, any sensible pushback by the looks of it. Yeah, I think it's 
Yeah, the I way, agree. No, the, way I see it, the way I see it is that you said they don't understand football, which is true, but they understand business. And that's, that's what, to them, that's what's more important. They want to, they're doing the business moves, not football moves. Yeah. And getting in Rooney, look how, look how much attention that's brought to Birmingham. Look at us now. We're on here talking about Birmingham. We would never be talking about Birmingham otherwise in a million years. So that's exactly what they want. How many clicks and storylines and everything have they had about Birmingham all over, all over, everywhere, Twitter, internet, all on Sky Sports, everywhere. They've brought attention to themselves. Now everyone knows who, who Birmingham's owners are and everything. That's what they want. It's a business move. Right. There, but at what cost? That's they were sixth when he mm. came in. They're twentieth as of last time I checked. Yeah, last round. Of just, yeah, that's that's two only two wins from fifteen. That's poor. I uh, don't get me wrong. I agree mm. with everything you're saying mm. in terms of it's a business move. Um, but at what cost? Because now apparently Eustace is open to coming back, or and if he doesn't, they've now got to then go and find another manager. And it's no longer about playoffs and promotion. Mm. It's now survival. Staying up, yeah, staying up. <laughs> and staying up in the championship <laughs> for another season when you could have been playing in the or aiming to play in the Premiership next season. Yeah. So, and we know the yeah. Championship is a very unforgiving league, isn't it? Like it's, very, very. It's very hard to get out of, man. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. Like obviously, Birmingham have been down there for however many however many years. So yeah, I think this will be a lesson to a lot of kind of American or foreign owners coming into the into English football and trying to make their stamp on things. It won't be. It won't be. The next owner exactly so? the same the next owner will do exactly the same thing. Go and get a shiny name. You think them guys in America they've never heard of John Eustace? We'll get rid of him. Let's get Ray Mooney and he's the top goal scorer ever for England. We know <laughs> oh, yeah. him. He's side. been to World Cups. This could, the next owner will do exactly the same thing. Actually, actually, Cargo say Wrexham. Like they've got Phil Parkinson. Like he's he's a known manager, but he's not like a a superstar. And he's they've kept they've stuck with him for a while. Um, I'm not sure if they've changed their manager since they've been there. Forget mm. like Isaac, you might know. Nah, Parky's like, still in place. He's still taking yeah, so him up. So they've, they've come in at the been, moment. Yeah. So but yeah, that's, yeah a, like, that's a different level. You're not going to get Wayne Rooney. To I agree with you. Yeah, it's a different level. Yeah, it's a different level. He's not going to come into the national league. It was similar in the sense of Parky mm. was a well-known name in the lower leagues. Yeah, right. Mm. So they've they've it's a it's a coup signing because you know getting someone like him to leave the leagues and come into the the, the yeah. national league the conference was a big thing at that level. Okay, so yes, he's the big he's the big fish level. at that level. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's coming. There's backing. Yeah, they've got a big wage bill. Yeah, they've got a good manager. Can you hear that? Yeah. 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 South London. That's London, mate. Um, yeah, they've got a big manager, but it's worked. Like Keith said, it's worked and it's worked and yeah. it's doing well for them. My question is we've seen Lampard fail. We've seen Gerard fail. We've seen Wayne Rooney fail. Um, any other man? Saul Campbell fell, although he didn't last long. He didn't stick around too long. Gary Neville fell. Phil, Phil Neville. Phil Neville fell. Like the all these. There's top a certain level generation players. of players. 
Henry. Henry didn't. Henry yeah. didn't do well. Pirlo didn't do well. Yeah, they sent. He had to go out to Turkey. He's only just come back to Italy. Yeah. Right. A lot yeah. of these high-level players. Um. Yeah. Vieira. Exactly. Mm. A lot of these high-level players are not crossing over into management. Don't get me wrong. You've got the likes of Zinedine Zidane, um, Pep Guardiola, uh, Arteta, arguably. Um, Alonso. Uh, Alonso. Yeah. You've got, there are, there, don't get me wrong. Mm. There are players who do trans- transfer over, um, but the majority don't seem to do so. Is that now going to affect the way owners come in and look at managers? Because I hear what you're saying. They're going to continue bringing in the, the, the fashionable name but now we've got more high profile cases is it a, is it a case of okay they're going to come in and be like whoa actually hold on just because you won a few trophies as a player that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well as a manager I think you're going to go to the Mr. Blue model where he's got his database and picking out players like Graham Potter Deserby and I don't think it'll have to be the fashionable name because it's seen that those players, as you said, are not necessarily delivering where you've got player, the managers like your Deserbis who are kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, Ariolas, um, Ariolas, sorry. Um, no, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah, that one's got a slip of the tongue. It's a family um, show, mate. Yeah, so, yeah, I think there'll be um, yeah, more, more managers like that. Is, so I, I went back and watched the overlap interview with Steven Gerrard and um, just off of the conversation we had about fashionable managers. And I went back and I thought, oh, let me see what his take is on, you know, how he got into management, his, his pathway into management. And he spoke about, you know, going to Liverpool and Klopp giving him the under 18s and then he and then him going to Rangers. Um and then obviously landing at Villa at the time, that's where he was. And don't get me wrong, I don't necessarily feel, I personally don't necessarily feel he's done enough groundwork in terms of like finding out what his style is, finding out what works. I mean, the under-18s is a different game to the men's game to, go, to then go into Rangers. And, and, and then, you know, arguably you could say, well, you had in Rangers, this, let's be honest, there's only really two teams. In in, yeah. in in the SPL and it's in his defense, Celtic, he did he did stop Celtic dominance in it. No, so. and I understand that, but I mean, you're there's only two teams. Like if if you're gonna do it, I'd expect you to do it with Rangers. Now that being yeah. said, Van Broncos come in and after him and didn't do well, um, and a few other managers haven't done well. But let's be honest, it's not a case of you you haven't really tested yourself in. The, the you know like you said the championship which is mm. one of the hardest leagues to get out or in another country where yeah. the style of football is just completely different the culture is different the players you know you've got to uh, learn an, another language or, or or get over that um, language barrier you know so I feel like I don't feel like he did enough you look at Lampard Lampard was just handed a job let's be honest where did he yeah. go and do his boat where did he go and do his groundwork you know um so I, I feel like, but then someone on the other hand will say, well, Pep was given the reserve team at Barcelona. Then he was given the first team at Barcelona. But he showed and what he could do in the reserve team, he, didn't he? Exactly, exactly. 
Exactly. Same with the, uh, Xabi Alonso. Xabi Alonso had to work at Real, Real Sociedad. He came through Real jump, though. Even if Pep, to go from Barcelona B to go to Barcelona first team, that's massive. That's huge. It's not, not really, no if, guarantee, not really no if guarantee. you look at, not really if you look at the Barcelona B team he had at the time. Remember, he brought some of those players into the first team and they became first team staples. Mm, was it Alba, Busquets? They all came yeah. to that team and they were under him at, at, in that team there. And even when you were talking then, I was I was thinking even Gerard going from Liverpool under 18 to Rangers, that's huge. Mad. That's a massive jump. It's massive. Yeah, that's a massive, massive jump. And he ain't, he ain't, no one's doing that jump unless you're named Stevie Gerard. Like, you ain't, you ain't getting you. that. You ain't getting you ain't that even, at all. You ain't mm. even getting the under 18s without yeah, having yeah. to prove that mm. you've done. Like, show me a player, a mid-level, low-level level player that's able to just walk back to their old club and just be like, yeah, I want to get into managing. What do you reckon, What do you think about me taking the under 18s? Or the gaffer saying, yeah, yeah, of course, go and take the under 18s. It's not, it's not happening. Like you said, unless you're Steven Gerrard, unless you're Frank Lampard, unless you're someone of that ilk. And um, yeah, I just think it's time we really, really, or that that kind of through path into management, it was just put put aside, man. Give people proper chances. You're, All right, yeah, cool. You you won us a few trophies, yeah, fantastic. But go and show us what you can really do. Go and find it. Go and interview for a team. Go and show them your dossier, your Brendan Rodgers dossier. Go and show them, you know, here's what I've done. I've done my badges. I've Good done that. This is my philosophy. Philosophy. Go and prove that you can do it. Earn your stripes. Stop, stop relying on on oh, my name. You know what I mean? I mean, even what, you're, what you're describing is, is the way it should be. What you're describing is the way it should be. But in the real world, unfortunately, that's just not the way. It's not the way it's done. Yeah, yeah. So. like we all we all work in environments where mm. it's kind of who you know sometimes, yeah. and it will kind of get you a, a job, etc. But I think women football, like you say, you've got a earn your stripes and if you don't like like we're seeing with a lot of these kind of former players it can have a massive detriment like Lampard has been in management what four five years if that and like I, I wouldn't know anyone that would hire him in like the top two two leagues like he would have to start again from fresh and I, I don't think I like I don't know him personally in it but I don't think he'd be willing to go down to like League One or League Two to get back his his managerial. And that's crazy. So what? What? But what have you done in management that allows you to fit, to talk like that or to think like that? Yeah. No, like, I, I think, could understand. I think Lampard could get a job in the Championship. I think he could easily get another job in the Championship. Yeah, but to, to, to have the thought process of uh, I'm not I'm not going down to manage League One or League Two, big man. Mm. You've not done anything. In the higher league, you've not you've not done anything that proves that you're capable of walking into another job. Like I, I can't remember what I was listening. I think it was um, Talksport, and he was talking about Steve Cooper's um, waiting for another prem job because apparently his name was being banded around for the the Birmingham Palace job. Mm. Oh, the I Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham. Oh, okay, that, yeah, that yeah. That they, I, I heard that they were. Um, well, that's what they were saying on the radio, and apparently he's kind of already ruled himself out because he wants another prem job he thinks he's capable of it. and fair enough he done a good he done a good enough job with Nottingham Forest I think he yeah, done he a did. better job at Forest than Lampard did at Chelsea if we're being honest yeah of course um, yeah. 
100%. So I could understand him with that thought process. I understand mm. when Graham Potter felt, felt like that. Um, I think he's been out the game a little too well, so too long, so he might need to go down to the Championship. Yeah, Cooper understands. He's done that. I understand yeah. he's done that. You know. But Lamps, I think Lamps, Gerard. if Gerard gets sacked from Etifak, I think players like that, Wayne Rooney, they've got to go down to League 2, League 1. You've got to earn your bones, mate. Yeah, but the only thing is, wouldn't they find it hard, even harder down there because they've got no experience of that. Even as playing, they came straight into Premier League, so they've never played in them sort of levels. Well, how would they? They they wouldn't be good managers down there, wouldn't they? No, be I think better? that shows mm. shows your worth um, a little bit more, innit? Like if you can cut your teeth down there, where it's not easy and it's not what you know, and you can be like, right, they're they're giving teams good performances and moving up the ranks. I think it will give them more stead to kind of do better as they go on because they've been down there, got got their hands dirty. Let's see how you can do now you back up where you, you haven't just been handed like a, a, a golden chalice, you know what I mean? Like it's mm. like it's like with any job, right? You don't walk into your job and automatically assume senior level positions. Right, you've mm. got to walk in at least junior level, entry level, or mid level, depending on on what kind of experience in terms of your coaching badges, etc. Whatever, whatever I'm trying to relate it to, you know, normal nine to five to, to coaching. You don't walk in and go straight to the prem level unless you've really proven you've got something about you before even attempting to go down that route. Whether that be through, shatter, you know, assistant coach, manager jobs, coach jobs. Um. You, I think you do need to go in at the lower levels and prove that you can survive, prove that you can hang in these in these tough conditions. Because then, like Keith said, you've proven you can cut your teeth, you've proven you're, you're, you're resilient, and then you can go into the top levels. And then, right, now that's where your own experience comes in, coupled with the experience you've, you've picked up as a manager in the lower leagues. Now let's see what you've got. What you're describing... Do we have any examples of anyone that's actually done that, though? Because when I think of top names that have been to League One, League Two, I'm thinking of Hasselbank, done a good job at Burton. I'm thinking, yeah. was it Paul, Paul Ince was down there at one point. Paul Merson yeah, was at Walsall. Yeah, but I'm thinking like, these guys, they all ended up falling off. Like, none of them ever made it to the top, even though but some you know of them what? done decent jobs. But I think Paul with Merson a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of those teams, a lot of those managers... I think they took the step too early. Like you look at Paul Ince, done a really good job at MK Dons, mm. went to Blackburn too early. You look at um, Hasselbank again, done a really good job at Burton. Mm. Who did he go to after Burton? Mike, was it Blackburn as well? Did he go to? I can't remember. Like whoever he went to after Burton, mm. Hasselbank, it was just it was just too early. I think you need to spend a lot of time just cutting your teeth. Like I know it's good when someone comes in for you and you're kind mm. of like, yeah, this is where I want to get to. I think sometimes you just got to take your time, man. A lot of like we see it with like players, sometimes they make that move a little bit too early in their career, and it doesn't necessarily work out. I think the same thing happens exactly. with managers: cut your teeth mm. as long as long as possible, get your style of play, and be like, right, I've done it in League One for two years. I've done it in Championship for two years. Now I might be able to do it at a higher Championship team for a year or two. Now I can do it in the Prem. It's like everything needs to be rushed, fast-paced, and yeah. I know I'm talking from the outside looking in, but yeah. I'll give you a, 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 an example. Mm. It's not It's not modern. It's not It's not someone that's new, so he's 
very senior in the game. We all we all know it is. He's won many trophies as a player, as a manager. But you look at Carlo Ancelotti, right? Just pulled up his stats quickly. He was an assistant for three years, right? Then he went to a low um, Serie B team, and then he went. Then he, you know, proved his worth there. Then he come up and he went to Parma. Parma, don't get me wrong. Parma had a lot of talent in that team, but he's proven his worth there. Then he's got on, gone on to the big team. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not about mm. just walking. All right, I've retired now. Do my badges. All right, who's going to take me and then walk into a top team? I don't think you should do that. I think you really should. I think these players should be assistants. I don't even think they should be sniffing managers' jobs until they've got at least four or five years of like relevant experience in coaching as an assistant, something where they've gone and studied the game as a manager, the transition, like really learned how to be, how to not be a player anymore and be a, be a coach. But I hear you. But even if you look at someone like Arteta, he was just assistant manager, assistant at Man City, and then he just walked into one of the biggest clubs in the country to be manager. Yeah, it's mad. I think that's the mm. case of you, you know, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's going to be ever changing. If he wasn't assistant under Pep, he wouldn't have got that job in it. If he was just a number two elsewhere, I don't think he gets that job. Totally agree. That's yeah, why I say it's so. a case of who you know and your association. He's associated uh, with yeah. Pep. They go, ah, he must know what he's doing. Mm. Bring him in. <laughs> That's where it is. It's always going to be who you know. In football, it's always going to be who you know. Rather yeah. than, rather than what, rather than what you know, is um, mm. is Eddie Howe. Like he was a former for like ten plus years as a manager from like League One or two up to the Premier League, and like he he had opportunities to leave and stuff. But I thought he was like, no, let me just kind of ride it out and and see what we what we done. And he's now become a a top manager, like a, an established Premier League manager. So it has shown that if you kind of stay and cut your teeth in the lower lower leagues, then it can it can pay off for you. So, right, uh, let's round off with one more quick topic. What do you want to do, Saka, Sancho or AFCON? I think AFCON. Yeah, cool. AFCON. Right. So we know AFCON starts in just over a week's time and so does the, the Asia Cup. And kind of this topic is more about will they be respected more if they were moved to the the summer and players wouldn't have to leave their domestic leagues in kind of crucial parts of the season, mainly more for the English teams. But there's a lot of teams losing kind of two, three, some teams losing four players for this tournament and could miss up to four, five, six games. So I think they tried to do the AFCON, AFCON once in the summer, maybe about seven or eight years ago. And for some reason, they reverted it back to to January. So would it get more respect if they, if they moved it? Or is it a case of this is when the tournament is, you sign players who you know are going to play in this tournament, get on with it. What's your, what's your take on it? I don't think it will get um, respect, more respect, regardless of where when it's played in the year. If I'm honest, I don't want to get on my in my doctor in my bag, but <laughs> but I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. They're gonna find an issue with the Afcon, um, regardless, regardless of when it's played. Do you find that you don't hear them talking about uh, the Asian Cup the same way they do the Afcon? 
They don't talk about Africa. The the players going over to to Asia, and they don't talk about Son. Our Son, why 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 are you going over there? Why why would you want to play in that? As if to say he's not representing his country in the the biggest tournament outside of the World Cup for his country. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I don't yeah. hear none of that that um that rhetoric uh, uh, unless it's a, a, an African player. And we've been we've been hearing it year on year, but uh, as long as I can remember. Any yeah. time the Afcon approaches, oh my god, it's a big, it's a big hoo ha. But when they, but yeah, when like, Son's it's like got it's a goal, surprise, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that. Do you not understand? And even when Son had to go and do his national duty, they, they, it was, it was talked about like it was such a big thing. Oh, I mean, like a good thing. Oh yeah, you know, he's got to go and and do his time in the in the national army, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think there was another player that had to do it that that went. And again, it wasn't met with the same vitriol that you get that you see when it's AFCON players. So I, I, in, my, in my view, I don't care when it's played, they're going to find an issue with it, honestly. What, opposite on it, I think it would be more respected if it was in the summer. I think a lot of the what you hear about it is due to the inconvenience. The way, because it's in January and your players are leaving, that's why it's an inconvenience. With the Asia Cup, to be honest, that don't affect many people. It's ongoing, that's affecting one club. In Afcon, there's a lot more African players in yeah. in the Premier League than what there is in the Asia players. So that's, that's why I think it's, it's but that's what I think that's what we hear talk about the most. I don't really I don't know how they feel about it in Italy and Spain and other countries, but in in the Premier League, it's spoken about African players because that's who people have. And then you've got like, well, I think your manager Klopp was one of the, one of the worst ones to talk about it. He was really detrimental about when Mane and Salah and all because he was affected the most. So yeah. he was really detrimental, and then that people then feed off of that, and then it even goes now. Pep Guardiola, he doesn't sign African players. He does not <laughs> sign African players purely for the fact that they're going to be going. He does not find no African players. And I, I, you know what? It's bad. It's, it is bad on the players because they're they're the ones missing out. There, there could be players. African players that are good enough to play for Man City, he's not going to sign you. Purely for the what, fact what that you're going to have to go off during the middle of the season. It's because, like, we, we've watched AFCON for many years, isn't it? and mm. I would say 10, 15 years ago, the quality, aside from the top players, so from your Drogbers mm. and your Etus, etc., your SCNs, there was a lot of poor quality matches in the AFCON. And a lot of poor quality players, and I think that didn't help it kind of steadying the tournament happening mid-season. I think if you go back to the last tournament and the one before then, you can see the quality has improved a lot, and a lot more people are like, "Oh, this is actually a, a good tournament." I think there's been a lot of comparison to like the Euros or the Copa Ooh. America, and the quality the quality is not there in it. But I think as the quality of the tournament gets better, I think more. I'd say the media will become more friendly to the tournament. I think that's happening more and more. I think if you go to this tournament, there's a lot. I think the quality of play will be a lot better and there'll be less resistance to people going to the tournament going forward. I hope you're right, but I can't see it. I can't see it. <laughs> I genuinely can't see it either. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, as I said before, there's always going to be contention. And there's always gonna they're always gonna find a way to talk down on the Afcon. They never Oh yeah, hundred percent. Always. So 
Yeah, it's all his man. I yeah, mean, and, and they, they did they did have plans to move it to summer. Um, this one that's happening now, it was actually meant to be summer gone. But oh, okay. Also, you've also got a factor in weather conditions. Yeah, mm. really hot, isn't it? Depending on what, exactly. what country you're in. I mean, they don't have the infrastructure and the money to do what Qatar does. So <laughs> we're not going to see brand new stadiums built to to facilitate the tournament or, you know, living conditions for tourists. So it is what it is. Do you think they get more viewing figures being in January rather than having it in the summer? Where where you've got the Euros and the Copa America all going at the same time? Possibly. Possibly. That's a good show. Yeah, possibly. And it's interesting yeah. you say of viewing figures because up until two days ago, there wasn't a um, a UK broadcaster. You know what? Picked up. What's going on? There you go. Oh, yeah. See? So, see? So, 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 this is it, which is a bit of a shame because, like you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of good African nation players that go out to the tournament that people want to see. So, so it's a shame that it's not really um, kind of advertised a, a bit more. But yeah, let's see, man. Hopefully, it's a good tournament. Everyone that goes there doesn't get injured, comes back safe and sound. And yeah, can I get a, a uh, can I get a, a winner from you both? Can I get a prediction winner? I, I'm always on the fence, mate. It's even Nigeria or Ghana for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say big, big, big Egypt, big Mo. I think he's he's, he's ready to win it, man. Mm. Mo Salah, but obviously, I'm yeah, gonna, you... I'm going to go Senegal. Yeah, that. I mean, they yeah. they won it last, didn't they? Um, yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Good, good shout. Sure Senegal, but... Senegal, Nigeria, Ghana. Yeah, we're keeping you guys up to date on that. Um, we'll be back on Sunday for a little recap of the FA Cup and the big fixture between Arsenal and Liverpool. There's actually a fixture going on now, Everton and Palace. Calvert-Lewin just been sent off for Everton, 0-0 oh, wow. at the minute. Just one, what do you think about them playing an FA Cup game on a Thursday in the, in the third round? Why I are they doing that? A lot of people are saying the FA Cup's being devalued and the FA are not doing help, much to help their case. Like, just after Christmas and you've got Evertonian fans coming down to London third day, <laughs> third day into I January. Mean, like, it's crazy. Some would argue fixture congestion. It's usually like this, blah, 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 whatever. But I agree that the FA Cup has been devalued and it will continue to be devalued to a point where it's almost on par with the League Cup if they continue down this road. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Um, To our viewers and listeners, please like, subscribe, follow, share and all that good stuff. And we will see you soon. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Peace.